Hi, I'm James Schellinglaw, and I'm here with a familiar face, Matthew Upchurch, who is the founder and CEO of Virtuoso. And But we're not going to talk about Virtuoso today, because here we are at the World Travel and Tourism Council meeting in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. It's the largest World Travel and Tourism Council meeting ever, and we just actually almost, we just finished it. So I'm going to get Matthew's uh, impressions of this meeting, uh, what is, what's going to result from it, and you're going to find out about that and a whole lot more on Insider Travel Report. Matthew, great to see you as always. Uh, and, and we just got done with this meeting in Saudi Arabia, which is really, we've been sort of looking at this for a while. I know I have. I've been very eager to get over here. And then the World Travel and Tourism Council decided to have, have its meeting. It's actually second summit of the year here. And so here we are. So what was your impression? What was your takeaway from this meeting? Well, it was really um, fantastic because this was the largest gathering of ministers, of ambassadors, um, the the Secretary General of the UNWTO, and then I think we were talking about 250 CEOs here. Yeah, we had so, almost every single major uh, major hotel chain CEO was here. Right? No, they were here, and obviously, and there's a lot going on. But I think, you know, in all the years that I've been involved in WTTC, it's really wonderful to see how UNWTO representing the public sector and WTTC representing the private sector have really started to collaborate. So the fact that the, you know, UNW Secretary General was here, all these ministers, all these CEOs together was really powerful because without private-public collaboration, a lot of our biggest challenges and opportunities are just not going to be met. Especially over the last three years, where actually I think WTTC really did a great job of helping uh, the world get through, the the travel world get through the pandemic. They did a lot uh, to try to, you know, smooth the, the, you know, it really was a hard time because governments were closing borders, and it just was, you know, as we heard from Theresa May, who was the British Prime Minister, who spoke here. She talked about the problems that we had, right? Yeah, and and it was, it was, it was amazing to hear you know former prime ministers, former secretary general Ban Ki Moon, right, talking about all this. So, um, and you're right. I mean, you know, if we ever had any doubt, I mean, it kind of reminds me of some of the other organizations. But, um, you know, WTTC really showed its mettle during during the crisis, and I think one of the things that really paid off was the the investment that WTTC has made over the years in working with Oxford Economics to really have hardcore data. Um, That was really important. Um, And then the ability to really um, bridge between governments and policy and use that data in ways that could be that could further our cause was very important well you know years ago when we used to go to wttc meetings and we had a few hundred people um this is a really kind of different event now you've got government officials with private uh, executives travel executives including yourself you know uh and so it's a really different atmosphere now uh based on your discussions uh with all of the folks here, the, what's the general feeling about this year in terms of how the travel industry is doing, 22, and also for next year? Well, there was a lot of optimism, a lot of reported, you know, obviously the, the, you know, the, the recovery is uneven. I mean, obviously Asia is still coming back slower uh, at this point, um, but, is, but is coming. Um, but overall, a lot of optimism. And, um, but there was, there was serious discussions about, you know, uh, energy issues, um, recession. I mean, 
Theresa May and you know the Brits have uh, announced that they are officially in a recession. Um, but right now, one of the things that everybody's reporting is that um, travel is still holding up pretty well, even with some of those pressures. But I think that, you know, we were looking at it. I mean, the one statistic that was amazing here is that now with what we're predicting for the next 10 years, where basically two things that really I walked away with was that the travel and tourism economy will grow at basically the du- almost double the rate of the general global GDP. I was going to ask you what statistic kind of stuck out, and you're, you're telling me that that probably is it. Yeah, so, the, so you know, the, the consensus economic report is that 2.7% you know, annualized growth GDP in the general economy and 4.8 for the travel and tourism economy. Now, the other thing that was really present here that's been so great to see is the role of sustainability um, and not sustainability just in decarbonization, which is very important, but also sustainability with, re- with regards to um, cultural and heritage pr- uh, preservation, right, local right. economies. Um, one thing that was really cool to see is some of the, the, the decoupling of the growth of the travel and tourism GDP with the carbon growth. So we're starting to see a decoupling. I saw that, that actually you are, the, carbon, the carbon rates for travel are down, are, yeah. are decreasing yeah. a lot more than other things. And we, that was a big, now, now that we've yeah. sort of gotten through COVID, we can start to refocus on yeah. sustainability and, and really that, that whole aspect of travel. And a lot of, that was a lot of what was said here uh, at this conference. Yeah, and it's not just carbon. It's 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 protection of it's it's biodiversity. It's you know it's it's local economies. It's diversity and inclusion. Um, one of the things is this industry is actually one of the biggest drivers of creating businesses that are female owned, minority owned, etc. I mean, it's it's a huge. Uh, uh, it's a huge driver um, on on, a, on the social front as well. No, absolutely, and that is part of being sustainable. Actually, is to have pe- get people jobs and get women uh, to be involved in having jobs and things like that. Now, um, what what should the average travel advisor take away from you know what does WTTC what it should it mean to to them? I mean, you you've been member of this organization for a while. You go back and you talk to your members. What do you tell them about the importance of WTTC? Well, I think. <laughs> I think the thing there is, why did I get involved? I mean, obviously, you know, we all have more to do than hours in the day. But for me, this goes to the interconnectedness of our interdependent. You know, we're, we're, we're so interdependent. And the core goal of WTTC is, quite frankly, to get the level of respect and attention that this industry deserves so that we can do create as frictionless travel as possible so that we can we can do our jobs um, and 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 deliver so one of the reasons that uh, one of the things that I think every travel advisor should should really uh, know about is just know the top statistics um, I said this when I spoke at Cornell a, f- a few years ago uh, to all these bright Cornell students and I said look I know you guys are some of the smartest hospitality people but do me a favor and this is what I would say to travel advisors or anybody if you're in the cruise industry and anybody watching this learn and first tell your friends your community the press I am first and foremost a member of the global travel and tourism industry, 
which is 10% of the world's GDP and employs 365 million people, right? right? So let's all start with that unity of, of message because that's what the politicians, that's what the financial press, everybody else understands. And then say, and I'm a travel advisor or I'm a cruise guy. Or I'm part a, of this huge industry. Exactly. And I think that's just something we have to, we, we have to keep driving home. Yeah, absolutely, and it is an important. It's, a, it's one of the most important industries in the world, if not the most important. Uh, but for, we don't for, always get treated that way. No, we don't because they, you know people say well, you're in travel. We think yeah, you know it's, it's like, like like somehow we're sort of like uh, non-essential. Well, no, I think we're very essential now. And and you you're now been a member for how how many years now? I think coming up on almost fourteen years. Fourteen years, but now you're really going to get more involved. I think you got, you just at this. I heard you on stage say you now have a new role at WT. Yes. um, Yeah, I'm I'm now taking on the vice chair of the membership of the organization. Um, And, you know, WTTC, you know, up until now has been primarily, you know, some of the largest players in the world. Um, But we have some really good plans for also having the organization be able to help the SME community. Um, Because... I have felt for a very long time, as well as a couple of other colleagues and, and, and people, that, that in order to fully represent and be the, the, the voice of the private sector and travel, we also have to represent the literally hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of SMEs all around the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so that when you show up at that city council meeting or parliament or Congress or wherever you're showing up, you're not only XYZ multinational corporation with X billions of employees, but you're also the story of that, you know, small business that started with, you know, two push carts, you know, in some little town or did something. And that part of the story is important for telling our overall story, but it's also our responsibility as an organization to help those SMEs um, have a North Star to connect to a global narrative that makes them feel like they're not alone. This is something that came out of the pandemic. I did it at Virtuoso, WTTC did a great job of having these regularly scheduled conference calls and putting out communication. And job number one is just help me connect to something, you know, kind of that North Star. And then we're gonna work on ways uh, for SMEs to uh, have access to some of the products that we used to have. Um, I'll give you an example. We have this thing at WTTC called the EIR. Of course, it's wonky, right? Economic Impact Report okay. about what's happening in the country. Yeah, the WTTC has a tendency to use a lot of acronyms. Yeah. Well, because it 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 primarily served very large corporations with really sophisticated analytics people, right? But that report in the hands of an SME, you know what it is? It's the appendix document to a bank loan. Because when the bank officer says, well, what are the prospects of tourism in Jamaica or in, you know, wherever you are, or even in the U.S., then there's your appendix document. Oxford Economics, legit statistics. So there's simple little wins like that that I'm super excited about. Now, I want to switch the topic a little bit here uh, because we are in Saudi Arabia, which in 2019 sort of open to the world for the first time they they got a, a you know new easier visas people came here and they said it was going to be great then we had the pandemic and they kind of got lost and meanwhile they've been busy 
building this infrastructure that is just i mean jaw-dropping so what was your what what this is your second how many times have you been second time to saudi arabia uh what have you found here in terms of what the saudis are doing well i had you know i had done a lot of research and seen a lot of stuff about what they call their giga projects and all that i mean they they have um and that you know that met all my expectations but you know my fundamental reason for wanting to be here and involved is you know my father is you know in fact i'm here and i'm sorry terry i'm missing the 50th anniversary of usdla because of you know my dad was me me too right (laughs) because my father was one of the founders of usdla but i fundamentally believe that the opening up of of borders is a very good thing um and so for me i think the thing that i have been really moved by now these two times is the fact of my interaction with the saudi people um you know, I had a very interesting conversation with a, a young woman from Jeddah who said, you know, I know you guys in the West want to call this the modernization of my country. She goes, but let me show you a picture of my grandmother in 1972. She looked like Grace Kelly. We were a very open society. The Islamic Revolution happened. We know what happened. And now that they're, they're, they're coming back, she goes, so for me as a young Saudi, this is not the modernization, it's the restoration. Really? That's, that's an interesting point because I, I always thought you know, we sort of get, get sort of bogged down in this is what it is, Saudi Arabia, yeah. and it's not that, it really hasn't been for that long, really. So, James, I had the same thing. That one story, and by the way, that only happens when you come to a destination and interact with the people. And every single person that I have said outside this country that a young woman in Jeddah says, I don't see this as a modernization of my country, but a restoration blew me away. The other thing that blew me away was the fact that this is a large country. It's 34, 35 million people, something like that. It's basically the size of Texas. Well, the vast majority, 80 some odd percent, are Saudis. They're actually, and 70% of the Saudi population are 35 years of age. No, they kept repeating that statistic. They said, oh my God, they're all so young. Right. And all my, and all the, so that is what I, I personally really, I didn't fully expect to the level of how I've connected guides, drivers, people, these, the, 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 the just day-to-day Saudi people that I've met here. And I, and by the way, I asked this question about this whole restoration thing and they're very open and and by the way the other thing was another thing was amazing is the number of young saudis like oh yeah i went to the university of kentucky oh yeah we all knew that i mean i went to school i I, I went to the university of connecticut bridgeport oh i went to the university of denver i mean so that's been refreshing and for me it's 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 um it's really been quite an eye-opener and it just yeah, yeah when i flew in i flew in there was a guy a young a sort of let me a 30 year old saudi and he's wearing a columbia university sweatshirt and yeah. i said yeah he's just coming back from columbia he's got his degree in computer engineering computer yeah. science and he's returning with his family yeah. and i we, we had a nice chat and uh it was just because it yeah. is true a lot of saudis yeah. have been educated in the united states well absolutely and so and and there are a number you know look first of all I, I highly recommend if you've never heard of WTTC you never really studied it and you're a travel advisor anybody in the industry just go to their website and check it out and then this whole this whole thing will be on the, the streaming right. thing there's some incredibly interesting panels that we've had um, and I think that what's in, you know what 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 was amazing is the level to which 
the Saudi sponsors and the government and everybody else was engaged in topics about sustainability, yeah. about regenerative travel, about green energies. You know, we all know where the world is going. This is this is a, and and I think that some of the things that are being done here, Doria, Neom, the Red Sea Project, whatever, because it's a it's a unique situation. You have a plan, you have the resources, mm-hmm. right, and you have an alignment. Um, and I actually think that one of the things that I've seen is there are going to be things that will happen here that will then be able to be models. Well, we were talking about a lot of case studies for the future of travel and tourism because what they're doing here, they're sort of re-engineering through travel and tourism an entire new new way of growing. 100%. And, and very open to sharing that with the world. Yeah, it's been amazing. I mean, you and I both went to the opening reception at Deary Gate. Uh, it's going to be an amazing development. I've been hearing it for a while, but that's only one of the yeah. developments here. And it is to come and employ all these younger Saudis eventually in what? Travel and tourism a lot, right? right. Absolutely, absolutely. And they have that, you know, and and you come here and you interact with the Saudi population. Yeah. Absolutely, I've I, I've had many discussions with every all the drivers, everything else, and it's been amazing to really see, see what. And they're very excited about us being here. Yeah, and the speed of change is is, well, is amazing. Yeah, the gate that project is what's supposed to be done in twenty thirty, which is mind boggling. Yeah, yeah, and it's and again, um, and, and the speed at which they're doing it, and uh, but again, for me, uh, if I ever had any doubts about the whole thing about you know go somewhere and really you can't really fully understand something until you're there yeah um you know and it's like anything else i mean it's just like you know there's progress there's movement um but again i i i'm really i'm very grateful that i decided to come and that i decided to get involved in this and you're it's you're coming back absolutely in yeah. fact i in fact when i was here last month i was telling uh fad who's the head of saudi tourism authority i said you know after being here for four and a half days and posting and calling my family every night, you know, you know that uh, the probably one of the best uh, compliments you have for a destination is when at the end of that trip, your family says, when are you bringing us? Absolutely. And I got to tell you, and a lot, there's still a lot of trepidation in the United States about Saudi. Uh, uh, and I have friends who said, no, I wouldn't go there. I said, well, you don't know. You don't know what, what what's here. Well, and here's the thing. It's like, guys, I mean, if we can't, we all have to be able to agree to disagree and, and, and on anything. But for me, it's this like, make your own choices and, and things are going to develop here. And, you know, the diversity of the people that are coming here from all over the world is, is incredible. And I think that, you know, make your own choices and come at the time or not when you, when you feel is, is right for you. Absolutely. Well, Matthew, you and I have been some interesting places over the years. Uh, this is one of the most interesting trips that I have done, certainly, and, and I really was eager to do it. It was one of the reasons I wanted to come to this WTTC. I mean, and, and you had, had presentations at Virtuoso Week uh, from the Saudi tourism people, and you just looked at it and you said, I didn't. I had no idea. Yeah. And so this surprise of being here, and I, I honestly, I'm not here long enough. I got to come back. So hopefully we'll all come back together one of these days. And uh, again, thank you so much for taking the time to give your thoughts both on WTTC and what's happening here, this transformation in Saudi Arabia. Thank you very much. Thanks for being here. I'm James Schillinglaw, and this is Insider Travel Report. <laughs>